Hello and welcome to the I Am Guru Gray podcast. I'm your host, Guru Gray, Gray good friend. I'm very happy to have you here listening. And thank you for being here. Coming to you for a fantasy football edition of the I Am Guru Gray podcast after a terrific NFL Week 7. Uh, as for fantasy football, maybe not a great week. Probably not a great week, unless you had Tyler Lockett, Devontae Adams uh, on your roster. Chances are you didn't have any type of uh, unbelievable blowout win. Uh, but we're seven weeks in nonetheless. And if you ask me if uh, I thought we would have seven weeks of the NFL a few months ago, I would have said no. So I'm happy to be here regardless of what's going on each week. Um, feels like a boatload of players are getting injured every week. Uh, and there's some really crappy games every week. Uh, <clears throat> NFC East. Anyway. Um, but I had a lot of fun watching the games yesterday. So, you know, I'm a Giants fan. Got the loss out of the way on Thursday. Didn't have to deal with it over the weekend. Got to just enjoy football. Um, Steelers-Titans game, the Lions-Falcons game, and the Bengals-Browns game. Uh, all three of those in the morning were thrilling, to say the least. Uh, super fun. All came down to the wire. Those kind of carried the morning slate. The afternoon slate was, was kind of whatever for me. And then, uh, you know, the primetime Sunday night game between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Instant classic. Uh I think that was probably the most fun game of the day. I I love watching Russell Wilson. I think we probably can all say that at this point, unless you're a Cardinals, Rams, or Niners fan. You probably love watching Russell Wilson. Um, threw three picks yesterday. Very uncharacteristic of him, but still looked awesome. Um, but yeah, so let's get right into it. So I want to start with a segment I'd like to call The Droppables. So there's going to be a few players who are very widely owned and rostered across fantasy football leagues, uh, yet have little to no business being on rosters in most formats. So I'm going to start with Michael Gallup playing on the train wreck of a football team that is the Dallas Cowboys, um, who I think are now the 31st best team in the league. Feels weird to say that. Uh, other than the Jets, I don't know if there's a team worse than the Cowboys right now. Uh, and I can say that pretty confidently. Uh, as for Michael Gallup, he's got 23 yards in his last two games combined. In those games, he has two catches on eight targets. Uh, that would be the, the two games since uh, Dak Prescott went down. We thought that Gallup and Andy Dalton might actually have a decent rapport after he had two huge catches on a game-winning drive to beat the Giants a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's been all downhill since then. You know, he's still he's losing targets to Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Zeke, Dalton Schultz, even Cedric Wilson, their fourth receiver sometimes. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. And now without Dak Prescott, this offense has a hard time moving the ball. Uh, and it has hurt Michael Gallup the most. And he's 77% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um and I want no part of him. I don't see him as a top 45 receiver the rest of the year. Uh, I think I might even be pushing him outside of my top 50 for my rest of season rankings going forward. I don't know what matchup you can start him in. I, Other than uh, possibly an injury to CD or Amari, 
I don't see any way that Michael Gallup can be started in any league outside of, I don't know, maybe 16, 18, 20 team leagues if you're in one of those. Even still, it's it's only a maybe. I mean, this guy's just not producing at all. Um, so Michael Gallup, that's one. My next guy, Julian Edelman. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, in his last four games, 23, 35, 8, and 13. Those are his receiving yard totals in his last four games. Uh, so hasn't topped 35 receiving yards in the last month, month plus actually since they had their bye week. Uh, only three targets this week in a game where Cam looked terrible. Uh, you know, last week, his first game back from COVID, wasn't expecting much from Cam. Uh, he did not look good against Denver. The Patriots struggled to score. They lost to a bad team. This week, I was expecting a little bit better, maybe a little bounce back from Cam. He looked worse. He looked definitively worse than he did last week. I don't know how that's possible. Um, maybe he's still not all the way back and uh, healthy and recovered. Um, maybe the Niners' defense is the defense we thought it would be coming into the year. They struggled a little bit, uh, had a bunch of injuries, still missing a bunch of guys. They did not give New England anything. Cam looked awful. Julian Edelman caught one pass, um, and he hasn't sniffed the end zone in a long time. He shouldn't be on rosters anymore. Uh, I hate to say it. This guy's been a PPR monster the past few seasons, but it's just not there this season. He's He's got to go. Uh, my next guy on the droppables, I have Mark Ingram. Baltimore actually had their bye week this week, but just looking at it, he's still on 76% of rosters. That seems crazy high to me. The guy has 10 carries twice all year. In six games... He's gotten 10 carries two times, never 12. He has a 10-carry game and 11-carry game. Uh, not too many red zone looks for Ingram either. He's not getting the goal line work. He only has two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, they're stealing a lot of the red zone looks. Um, whether Lamar's throwing to one of his tight ends or running them in, that's usually how they operate down in the red zone. Ingram's not getting the love. Um, and on top of all this, he's got a high ankle sprain right now. He's injured. He's going to be out at least two weeks when they come back from the bye, I'm assuming. Um, I'd be surprised if he's back after only one week of an absence. Uh, he got he got hurt last week, so now he's, he's had one week to recover. He'll be out this week, and I'm assuming the week after. So he's not going to be available until week 10, probably 11, maybe even 12, depending on how that goes. I mean, similar injury for Christian McCaffrey. It's been forever for him to recover. It's I think he's been out... Uh, this was five weeks, likely to be six weeks now for him. So we could see a similar time frame with Mark Ingram. And he just loses way too many touches to uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and also Lamar Jackson, who steals quite a lot of uh, carries from the running backs in that offense. So Mark Ingram, feel free to cut ties with him. Next, I have Jerry Judy um, of the Denver Broncos. Look, he's an immensely talented receiver in real life. I think he's a great football player. Still only a rookie. He's got a super high ceiling for his career. Uh, however, I just it's not happening this year. Um, I thought he'd have a good season after uh, Cortland Sutton went down early for the year. Uh, he Jerry Judy looked pretty good the first three weeks. He was getting uh, really high target share. 
That's gone down. Drew Luck Drew Locke has looked terrible. Like terrible since he came back from his shoulder sprain. Uh and on top of that, he had a little knee thing. His his brace got caught in the his knee brace got caught in the turf at the end of a blowout loss to the Chiefs on Sunday. That didn't look great. I think he's fine. Um but a little red flag there. Drew Locke's banged up and not looking good anyway. Uh and on top of that, Tim Patrick has just been better than Jerry Judy. He's been producing better. He's looked better. He's making more catches, uh, contested catches. He's looking real good. And, you know, K.J. Hamler and Noah Fant are also stealing some targets from him. Uh, Judy's 66% rostered. That seems way too high to me. I I don't have him in my top 40 at receiver going forward. Um, and I don't, I don't know how many targets he's really going to see. Uh, it's looking like he's seeing around four or five targets a week right now. That's not enough to really put up real production with Drew Locke as your quarterback. So that's it for Jerry Judy. Um, and then last, T.Y. Hilton. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, some people thought he was going to have a bounce back year after being injured last year. Um, some people, like myself, thought he was going to struggle as an aging receiver who's just not the deep threat he once was. Um, through six weeks... Uh, and a bye week, so six games. T.Y. Hilton has 10-plus PPR points just one time. One game with 10 PPR points for T.Y. Hilton. So he was maybe startable as a flex option one time out of six games this year. Uh, in the Colts game before the bye, when Phillip Rivers threw 44 passes, T.Y. Hilton saw just five targets. Five targets out of 44 passes. So he's clearly not any type of number one receiver. Uh, basically anybody else who's playing opposite from him has been producing more, whether it's been uh, Paris Campbell or Michael Pittman Jr. before those guys got hurt, um, and whoever else they throw uh, on, on the line across from T.Y. Hilton has just been doing better than him. The tight ends are involved. They're kind of leaning on the run game when they can. They have a great defense, so it's just their offense is kind of stagnant. They don't even need their offense to be that great. And T.Y. Hilton's not producing, hasn't scored a single touchdown, and he he's just washed. He he kind of sucks, and he's just not the receiver he once was. So, uh, T.Y. Hilton, unless you're in a, a 16-team league, I don't think he, he deserves a spot on your roster. Um, he has no floor and no upside. So, I'm fully out on T.Y. Hilton. Um, all right, so droppables. Those are my five for the week. Uh, you know... Feel free to drop all those guys. And then now moving to uh, an injury summary from yesterday. Uh, just a recap of some more guys who went down, sadly, with injuries yesterday. Uh, I'll start with Andy Dalton. Took a nasty hit after uh, sliding at the end of a run. Uh, he's concussed. Should be out probably at least a week. Uh, but even before he got hurt, was not looking very good. This offense was awful. Um, and I'll get to that more later. Uh, but now his replacement will be Ben DiNucci, the seventh round, uh, rookie who, uh, wasn't really even a starting quarterback in college. Uh, any of his four years in college didn't keep the starting job at all. Uh, I don't think he threw more than like 200, 250 passes when he was in college. I forget what the number is. It's very low. He's extremely inexperienced. Um, and it showed. It showed. Uh, 
This team will not be able to move the ball. They haven't, and they won't be able to. Uh, and it's only going to get worse with Dalton out. So that's the Cowboys right now for you. Uh, next, Debo Samuel uh, came up with a little hamstring injury at the end of the game against the Patriots. Uh, it's really sad. I mean, he started the year with a foot injury, um, which was a little disappointing because he looked great last year as a rookie. And uh, I had very high hopes for him. Started the year injured. And then he was starting to work his way back. He was basically at full health uh, before he got hurt this week. And he was looking really good. Really, really good. He was he was starting to produce. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was looking for him a lot in the short passing game. He was getting uh, peppered with targets. And now he's got a hamstring injury. So that favors Brandon Ayuk a lot. Um, I expect him to be used very similarly to how the, uh, the Niners have been using him in their offense. Uh, which is pretty similar to Debo Samuel. They try to get their guys touches in space. So uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, had, what was it, seven catches for like 115, 116 yards uh, against the Patriots, uh, which, you know, their secondary is not too shabby at all. So look for Brandon Ayuk to be a major riser. Uh, Debo, I'd, I'd expect probably a two-week absence, looking like a hamstring strain. So could be could be anywhere between uh, one and four weeks with that injury for him. Uh, next, Kenyon Drake. Uh, last night, him and Chris Carson actually both got hurt last night. Um, Kenyon Drake's injury seems more serious. He had to get carted off. Uh, he looked very upset on the back of the cart going to the locker room. Um, it was really, you know, a lot of these injuries are really sad to see. That This one especially... Uh, he finally had his breakout game last week against against the uh, crappy Cowboys, and he was starting to click. You know, he was uh, I think top five in rushing yards coming into the week, and now he has a torn ligament in his ankle, which the team is reportedly treating like a high ankle sprain, whatever that means. So, uh, seems like a three to four week absence could be more. Uh, doubt it'll be less. So probably three to five weeks is a good timetable for Kenyon Drake. Um, in that time, you know, Chase Edmonds, high-end RB2, could even push for some RB1 value with Kenyon Drake out. Uh, he's a much better pass catcher than Kenyon Drake. We've seen that. He had seven catches for 87 yards last night, and uh, he had five carries for over 50 yards after Kenyon Drake left. So uh, Chase Edmonds will have free reign in the Arizona backfield. I will have him ranked higher week to week than I have had Kenyon Drake. Uh, Chase Edmonds could be pushing for RB1 value in PPR leagues with Kenyon Drake out. So he's a priority add if he happens to be available on your in your uh, waiver wire in your league. Um, Kenyon Drake, obviously don't drop him, hang on to him. He should be back in about a month. Next, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we heard this morning that he does, in fact, have a torn ACL. He'll be done for the season. Uh, you know, it's tough. This guy, uh, is one of the most talented receivers I've seen in my entire life. Loved watching him when he was with the Giants. Had whatever type of locker room, whatever issues you want to call it. Uh, you know, he's not, not, he's a, he's a competitor. We'll say what we can. Uh, I think he's proven to be not the greatest teammate. Um, and that's been part of his downfall aside from injuries. But you look at his injury history, uh, broken ankle a few seasons back, had, I'm pretty sure it was a hamstring injury that caused him to miss four games two seasons ago. 
played through a sports hernia last year that required surgery. Um, played all 16 games last year, but was clearly playing injured. And then now uh, ACL done for the year. So just adding to his injury resume, if you will. Um, sad to see. Uh, you know, he got hurt on uh, a Baker Mayfield interception. Go figure. And uh, as for fantasy impact, I'm expecting Jarvis Landry to see a higher share of targets, uh, whether it's Rashard Higgins or Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, out of Michigan. I think those guys will be the two and three receivers after Jarvis. So Jarvis Landry should see probably seven or eight targets every week now. Um, I feel like it would be crazy if he didn't see that at this point. Uh, aside from the uh, one or two passes that he's throwing every week now, which actually look pretty accurate every time. So Jarvis Landry should be probably a mid-to-back-end wide receiver three going forward. Richard Higgins could be a wide receiver four maybe. He could push for some value. And then, uh, so yeah, that's about it for Odell. Next, Chris Carson uh, has been diagnosed with a mid-foot sprain and is week-to-week. So... That seems like he's probably going to miss one to two weeks, if I had to guess. Um, he had a he had a pretty bad knee injury, pretty bad-looking knee injury a few weeks ago against the Cowboys. That turned out to be nothing. Chris Carson's tough as nails. He ended up playing the next week with a knee sprain, uh, and he looked great, too. Uh, this guy's a tough runner. The Seahawks will be missing him, but Carlos Hyde filled in very well. Uh, I believe he had 15 carries for, I think it was 68 yards. Uh, and a score in relief of Chris Carson. He will be the lead back over whoever it is, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, the other guys in the Seattle backfield. Uh, Carlos Hyde could be pushing for some RB2 value with Carson out amid other injuries and bye weeks, so he's a priority add for sure. Um, next, this didn't happen this week. I just want to talk about it real quick. Miles Sanders, uh, I believe it's a uh, hamstring injury, and he missed... Thursday's game against the Giants where Boston Scott filled in for him, caught the game-winning touchdown. And next week, the Eagles play the hopeless Cowboys. Uh, can't mention them enough. <laughs> uh, you know, they're truly just awful. I think Boston Scott will have his way with their run defense. I think Miles Sanders, even though his label is a one-to-two-week injury, I don't see the Eagles rushing him back for this game against the Cowboys that they should be winning regardless of who's on the field. Um, Carson Wentz, I don't think he's that great, uh, but he's putting up numbers and he's proven that he can get it done. Uh, he's proven time and time again that he can get it done without any real weapons on his roster. So I don't think Philly rushes back Miles Sanders. They have their bye week after this week. Uh, that's the primary factor. So I think they, they let him heal up, expect another starting week for Boston Scott against the Cowboys, which should probably have Boston Scott as a top 12 fantasy running back for next week. So if he's somehow still available, he's a priority add. I'm not expecting Sanders to play this week. And then lastly, on the injury report, Philip Lindsay left the Broncos' uh, blowout loss to the Chiefs with a concussion. Uh, he actually looked extremely good before leaving. Nine carries for 79 yards. Uh He's looked better than Melvin Gordon, who uh, missed last week with uh, whatever strep throat, also had a DUI. Weird situation there. Um, Philip Lindsay went over 100 yards in a win against the Patriots last week and then looked very good before leaving this week. Uh, so that's a shame. 
He'll probably miss a week. Uh, doubt it's two with the concussion. Probably be out this week, but could be back. Uh, but assuming Philip Lindsay's out, uh, expect 20 touches from Melvin Gordon. Uh, he had 58 touches in the three weeks that Lindsay missed earlier with, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a turf toe injury. So 20 touches is uh, to be expected from Melvin Gordon next week against the Chargers. And then, yeah, so that's it for the injury report. And next we have the fantasy stock watch. So here I'll be talking about the biggest risers and fallers, uh, biggest changes in value, whether guys are going up, going down. I'll be talking about that here. So let's start with Buccaneers backfield. Uh, so this is interesting. So in Leonard Fournette's absence when he was out with an ankle injury, Ronald Jones looked unbelievable, was looking like an RB1. Uh, he was cracking the 100-yard mark. He was scoring touchdowns. Uh, he was dropping passes but still getting targeted nonetheless. It was very encouraging. And then... Fournette's back at full health now, and he sees more snaps and more touches than Rojo and a lot of passing game involvement. So this is not great for Ronald Jones. Uh, I think this is definitely a big hit to Rojo's fantasy stock. Uh, I had him as, you know, RB kind of 15 through 17 range moving forward the rest of the year. I'm definitely going to be dropping him into the 20s. Uh, Fournette, on the other hand, big riser. Uh, sees 17 touches for 97 yards, uh, catches a few passes, and sees a good amount of work on the ground. Rojo, 14 touches for 36 yards, only catches one pass. Uh, much less efficient than Fournette. Uh, and Fournette also outsnaps Rojo 40 to 31. And Leonard Fournette actually sees a decent amount of snaps out wide as a receiver uh, when the Buccaneers went empty backfield. Leonard Fournette was lining up in the slot out wide, uh, catching some passes, looking good. Uh, I have never seen the Buccaneers do that with Rojo. Maybe it's happened a couple times, but they won't be doing that the rest of the year. Fournette is quite obviously the better pass catcher. Uh, and because of that, their value in PPR league is actually probably pretty close. Uh, and as a Rojo owner in a couple leagues, that is very disheartening to me. But Leonard Fournette... Looking like he should be scooped up everywhere. He's looking good moving forward for an awesome offense led by the MVP caliber Tom Brady. Next, I have Devin Singletary. Uh, he's had three awful games in a row. Um, I think he's failed to crack 50 yards from scrimmage in three straight games. Uh, definitely, I think he's failed to crack 40 rushing yards the last three games as well. Uh Yesterday, he has eight carries for 29 yards and two catches for 18 yards. Uh, he got outgained on the ground and through the air by rookie Zach Moss, uh, who just, you know, simply looked a lot better than Devin Singletary. I think they should be looked at as even moving forward. Zach Moss could even surpass Singletary moving forward. Um, he's already getting the goal line work uh, when the Bills can actually get there, you know, they <laughs> scored 18 points against the Jets, didn't get in the end zone. They kicked six field goals, and this rushing offense is awful. It is terrible. Josh Allen is their only means of really consistently moving the ball on the ground. Uh, hopefully, Zach Moss can start to join Josh Allen in being productive on the ground. Devin Singletary sure hasn't. So, 
Uh, I'm not expecting Zach Moss to really take full control of the workload without a Singletary injury, but I think it should be at the minimum a 50-50 split. So Devin Singletary uh, is now outside of my top 30 at running back moving forward. Uh, Next, Joe Burrow as a riser. Uh, The guy's got 300-plus passing yards in five of his last six. Uh, Watching this guy play, Joe does not feel like a rookie. This guy looks like a vet out there. Uh, He makes plays with his legs. He throws super accurate passes. Uh, In his last six, his only bad game was against Baltimore. Uh, And the Ravens have, what, a top three defense in the league. So I'm not even worried about that at all. Uh, So he's basically stringing together good game after good game. And the Bengals are throwing so much. Their defense is bad. They're trailing in a lot of games. So they're usually playing catch up. Whether Joe Mixon's in or out, it doesn't really matter. Giovanni Bernard gets about the same work as him. So, you know, they're relying on Joe Burrow to throw at least 35 passes every single week. Uh, He's on pace to throw, I'm pretty sure it's like 670 passes for the season which would be a top 10 mark in the history of the NFL uh, for anyone. So Joe Burrow looking good moving forward. Uh, He could be a QB one. I have him in the QB 10 through 12 range moving forward. So uh, decent starter in one QB leagues and stud in two QB leagues. Great in deep leagues. Uh, If you bought in on Joe Burrow coming into the season, congratulations. It has paid off. Uh, next Devonte Freeman. Uh, I have Devonte Freeman as a faller, uh, three carries for eight yards on Thursday night. Didn't catch a pass left. I think it was early in the third quarter with an ankle injury. They said he was questionable to return. He never came back, uh, in his relief, Wayne Gallman looked very good for the giants. He was running angry, picking up some chunk gains. Uh, and, Felt like Gallman ran well enough to earn uh, some touches after Freeman returns. I don't know if Devonta will be healthy uh, for this week's Monday night game against the Buccaneers. You know, he will have had whatever the number is, 10 or 11 days to uh, get healthy from his ankle injury. Uh, But I won't be surprised if the Giants keep him out of that game. Um, And if they do, Gallman... Probably flex play territory against a really tough Buccaneers defense. Uh, but Deion Lewis is terrible. Uh, and Gallman has proved viable on the ground and in the passing attack. So he should see 15 touches against Tampa uh, if Freeman is out. And he's probably going to see 35, 30, 35% of the work when Freeman comes back. Um, Freeman was the overwhelming favorite for touches in the Giants' backfield before his injury. Uh, a little cloudy there. And, you know, on top of all that, the Giants struggle to move the ball in general. So, uh, Devonta Freeman's ankle injury, not boding well for him. Next, Michael Thomas. Can't guard Mike. Uh, you know, he's been out now six straight weeks, whether it's the high ankle sprain originally, which then turned into a suspension by the team for getting into a fight in practice which has now turned into a hamstring injury. Uh, You know, all these nagging injuries. We don't know when he's going to return. Like, when is Michael Thomas coming back is the question that we are asking. There seems to be no answer. Uh, Michael Thomas owners are going to be hopeful that he's back next week, but it doesn't look great. Week 9 against Tampa could be a realistic return, but 
who knows if he has another setback, he could be out until week 12 for all I know. So he's really hard to trust, uh, hard to value him as a, a even a top five receiver. Uh, I think it's a real conversation. I might take Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley over him moving forward. It's really close between him and those guys. He's definitely fallen out of the first tier of wideouts. Uh, Michael Thomas is not on the same level as Hopkins and Devontae Adams moving forward. So that's where we're at with him. Uh, next, I have listed Zeke, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb, all as fallers, obviously. Uh, between the Dalton injury, after the Dak injury, the O-line issues, this is the worst the Dallas O-line has looked in probably eight seasons. Uh, ever since Zeke and Dak have arrived, they've had an elite, probably the best offensive line in the league, except for maybe the Colts the last two years. Uh, it's not that. It's it, their, their line is not there right now. Um, the Cowboys only have 13 points in the last two weeks combined. Uh, they scored a whopping three points against Washington. Uh, and to, to make matters even worse, that looks so bad because Washington allowed 30-plus points in four straight weeks from week two through five, and then they allowed 20 to the Giants. 20 to the Giants is basically 30 for most other teams uh, in week six, and then they held the Cowboys to three yesterday. So the Cowboys' offense is so hard to trust. Um, Amari Cooper is not in the top 15 at receiver any longer. C.D. Lamb was looking great had at least five catches and at least 58 yards in every single game coming into this week, and then uh, had one yard this week and didn't catch a pass. So he's hard to trust. Uh, could be probably outside the top 30 of rec at receiver moving forward. Um, I don't know that I trust him as a flex play until he has another good game. Uh, you know, Ben DiNucci at quarterback this week. It's It's going to be really... Really rough for the Cowboys. I'd be shocked to see them do much. Uh, and for that reason, Zeke has gone from the definitive RB1 in fantasy to uh, maybe not definitive, but arguably the RB1 in fantasy to probably somewhere between RB6 and RB9 for the rest of the year. Um, I'm taking Aaron Jones over Zeke moving forward. I'm taking Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey over Zeke. Uh, aside from, obviously, Kamara and Derrick Henry. So I think I'd have Zeke at RB6. But there's an argument to be made for uh, guys like Joe Mixon. Um, maybe Jonathan Taylor. Probably not. But uh, there's a bunch of guys that, that Zeke uh, could be behind now. Um, I mean, if you told me a month ago that I'd be thinking about taking uh, Kareem Hunt or Jonathan Taylor over Zeke for the rest of the season, I would have asked you if, uh, I don't know, if, if Zeke got suspended for half the season. I mean, I, I, it's just unthinkable that he has fallen to this. He's basically been a top three running back in fantasy whenever he's been active for his entire career for four years until now. So, I mean, he's been, he was the most money safe running back in fantasy since he came into the league in 2016. And now, uh, he's struggling to put up RB2 numbers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Zeke. Next, I have Chase Claypool, uh, Mapletron, as a lot of people have started to call him. Uh, I don't know. I, I really like that nickname, actually. Uh, some people don't like it because it's just, you know, copying off of Calvin Johnson's Megatron nickname. I love it. Uh, 
the Canadian boy. He's looking good to start his career. Uh, you know, the four-touchdown game, scoring a touchdown last week against Cleveland. However, one catch for negative two yards this week against Tennessee's struggling defense. Um, it's it's hard to trust Chase Claypool. We thought he was turning into the every-week starter, wide receiver two type of guy that you can start every single week, and then he gives us this point eight, point three negative point two, whatever, depending on what uh, scoring system you're in, point performance. And, you know, it's crowded in Pittsburgh with uh, James Washington, Juju, Deontay Johnson, and Claypool. It's hard for him to really be out there on the field every single snap with all the competition. Uh, he's now thankfully surpassed Washington as the minimum third guy. Uh, 65% snap count for Claypool. Uh and James Washington was under 30%. So that's very encouraging uh, that we can almost always count on him to be on the field in three wide sets. Uh, still behind Juju and Deontay uh, for his snap count. It feels like he's going to need an injury to one of the other three uh, to be really good and to be really trusted as a starter. But, you know, he's still an athletic freak who's extremely talented and, uh, in a good offense. So he's still a decent option and he'll have his boom weeks. So treat him as a wide receiver, three flex, you know, fringe top 30 receiver most weeks moving forward. Uh, even if he's not the top 20 guy that we thought he might be next AJ Brown as a riser. Uh, I was a little skeptical in AJ Brown. I didn't think Tennessee would be throwing the ball enough. Uh, I thought it would be hard for him to match his efficiency from last year. I have been proven wrong. He has scored every week since he's come back from his knee injury. Uh, three wide receiver one finishes uh, in a row. 21, 23, and 27 PPR fantasy points the last three weeks. A.J. Brown is legit. He should be probably in the top 12 at receiver moving forward, maybe top 14. He's right there, fringe wide receiver one. Uh, and, you know, if you can somehow trade for A.J. Brown if he's not on your roster do it but AJ Brown owners got to be feeling really good right now AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill are both legit the Tennessee offense is legit despite uh you know their worst week to date uh since week one against Pittsburgh this week and then last DJ Chark has fallen um he saw 14 targets last week it was very encouraging uh although he only went seven catches for 45 yards on the 14 targets any receiver that's seeing double-digit targets, let alone 14, is a great sign. Uh, now against the Chargers, he catches one of seven targets uh, and has a has a lackluster fantasy day, to put it generously. Uh, he's now under 50 yards with no touchdown three weeks straight. Uh, and I don't trust him as a starter in most formats. Uh, I've got DJ Chark in a couple of leagues. It's really frustrating. <laughs> um, and to see the Jags score 29 points and DJ Chark catch one pass and not even get close to the end zone, uh, it's very disappointing. So, um, yeah, that about wraps it up. And uh, we're looking forward to the second half of the NFL season. We're getting there. Uh, it is, this season feels more like a marathon than a sprint. But 
Football's on every week. I love it. It's really exciting. I hope you guys are enjoying fantasy football and the NFL as well. And everybody, please stay safe, take care, and good luck with your fantasy football leagues. Thank you for listening to the I Am Guru Gray podcast. If you're not, make sure you're following me at I Am, I A M Guru, G U R U Gray, G R A Y, on Twitter. Uh, I tweet a lot. I tweet a lot of advice. I respond to everyone that tweets at me every week. So thank you for listening. Take care and goodbye.